Welcome back to Unreal Times. My name's Naomi, export manager at Unreal Fur. There is no short of discussion on the future relationship between man and the animal kingdom. With the current global crisis, many animal welfare organizations have highlighted the underlining fact that the relationship that we have with the animal kingdom is at high risk. Today, we will be speaking with Emily Rice from PETA, People of the Ethical Treatment of Animals. As an animal organization, PETA has revolutionized the way that different industries relate and use animal products. Welcoming you, Emily, to Unreal Times. How are you going today? Hey there, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Today I wanted to discuss a little bit about the way COVID-19 can change our entire global relationship with animals. Do you feel that PETA has a responsibility to play with in raising awareness towards the transmission of pandemics between animal to man and man to animal? Absolutely. I think Peter's entire um, core is about educating people on animals and, you know, their individuality, you know, their existence as sentient beings, their existence as 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 animals, just like humans, you know, they're just of different species of animals, we're animals too, that also exist and live in the world with us, not for us. So I think that at all times it's our moral obligation to remind people of that fact through education. And what we're experiencing now is a really unique opportunity to draw parallels that are glaring. You know, sometimes it can be a little more hidden when people walk into a supermarket and see very sanitised um, products, you know, of, of flesh and they're, they're very clean looking, um, it can be easy to disconnect from what has to occur for that to come to that point in the supermarket. So now what we're getting is more of an opportunity to draw people's attention to the fact that that, ex- that experience animals have up until that point is actually really disgusting and you know now that we can look at it as something that's affecting us it's sad that it's come to it that it has to affect the world but it's a good opportunity to say to people well you know this is kind of what we've been trying to say about our use of animals being wrong on so many levels and it's almost too much to unpack kind of where the ways we look at animals you know you're right we we deforest our a, you know, majority of the land on earth to make room for grazing animals so that we can raise them for food, which in itself is wrong. But that also affects wildlife. It drives wildlife into urban areas and, and then, you know, people have problems with that. So then people do culls and baiting and it just has this massive knock-on effect. And I think we haven't before had an opportunity where we've been forcibly pushed into a pause pattern where we have the time to reflect on what got us here and what can we do differently and now we really need to because this is the wake-up call the world really needed. Well, it's funny you say that because most people continue to use this term of going back to normal, mm-hmm. um, waiting for the world to go back to normal, when really the world that we were currently living in prior COVID-19 was not sustainable, um, no. whether it no, it's definitely not sustainable. So how are we going to go back to some level of normality or are we going to take this opportunity as an entire nation to really change the way that we were living in the world to make a more positive and more sustainable future for all of us um, into food, into animal cruelty? What's your take on that? 
Yeah, we absolutely shouldn't be rushing back towards normal because normal was the problem. Um, you know, aside from the overarching problems that we are seeing, you know, that this has really given us a different way to look at, at capitalism. It's given us a different way to look at how we um, look after infrastructure like healthcare and education. There's all those really broad, broad social issues. And definitely right up there with the ones we should be considering is our relationship with the animal kingdom and our use of the animal kingdom and our reliance on animal agriculture for our economies and our employment uh, and, you know, food sources for people, which, like you say, isn't sustainable. It's also incredibly risky we're seeing now. Um, and, you know, obviously within that creates an in enormous amount of suffering among animals that are no different to, you know, dogs and cats people share their homes with. So I think it is on so many levels an opportunity to change tack and, you know, look at what we can do with World 2.0 instead of rushing back to try and replicate World 1.0, which wasn't working. So what is PETA currently doing to change their strategy in order to raise global awareness towards animal cruelty and most importantly the heavy price we're going to pay if we continue to have this relationship with the animal kingdom? Well, I suppose what's not changing is that we're animal first um, and we always will be and that's one of the reasons why we can make people a little bit uncomfortable because it we tend to talk about, you know, the rights of animals over, say, the welfare of animals. And that just means that we have this moral baseline where animals have a right to live their lives without interference and a right not to be bred into the world for, for our own use. So as a, as a baseline, you know, nothing changes in terms of us still coming at it from an animal rights perspective. And you know, we definitely acknowledge that this is a human pandemic that is, you know, taking human lives and we have to be sensitive when we talk about something this big that has another factor in it that's the animal side of things. But I think they both go hand in hand and that's where we're trying to work to point out all those parallels. You know, um, the, the Centres for Disease Control and the World Health Organisation tell us that 75% of the recently emerged infectious diseases that affect people began in animals. Um, we know that, you know, swine flu, bird flu, mad cow disease, that those names aren't arbitrary. They come from the animals in which they originated. So... We know that zoonotic coronaviruses like COVID-19 and SARS and MERS before it are capable of jumping from species and then manifesting in humans in ways that really catch us by surprise um, and lead to mass deaths. So now we need to go, okay, well, what's that stemming from? And I think our responsibility to animals at the moment is to use this as an opportunity to really remind people of that fact but also remind people that it doesn't have to be that way. It's very, very easy to be vegan. And if every one person takes that responsibility on, the world becomes vegan. People always say, you won't make the world vegan. It's like, well, I only have to make one person vegan. That one person, every individual one person becoming vegan would, by, by virtue of it, you know, just the fact that they are would make everybody vegan. So I think that that isn't a stretch and we need to keep reminding people of that. Well, um, if you're talking about veganism, um, mm -hmm. as PETA, as an organisation, as a whole, I think um, personally I think that there's much more to it than just being a vegan um, because most people aren't really aware of all the different ways animal cruelty 
is used in order for them to have a comfortable and easy life, whether it be in science, in laboratories, or through the skincare products or makeup they're using, or whether it even be their fashion clothing. Um, coming from Unreal Fur, most people don't even know where down comes from or mm-hmm. that down. So there is more to it than just veganism. I think it's it's more of a broad, holistic approach to how are we going to change this relationship between man and animal? What are we going to do? Do governments have responsibility to create uh, safety zones for animals? Should we uh, work on le- farming less animals? How are we going to control animal byproducts entering fashion? And let's not start talking about all the wet markets where, you know, there's huge speculations that actually COVID started from, from an animal market. So what are we going to do more holistically on a global level? What can each individual do to help this fight, to help this shift and change? Mm-hmm. I should just clarify that when Peter talks about veganism, we are talking about that. So we see veganism as not diet. Veganism is a lifestyle that that abolishes animal use from your lifestyle. So when I say we need a shift towards veganism, it's really easy, I think, to your mind to go to the food sources, especially when we're talking about something that originated in a food source. But we are talking about people picking up that moral baseline that you need to live without the exploitation of other beings. That's a really moral baseline. And that comes down to absolutely everything that you do, what you wear, what you eat, what entertainment you seek out. You know, at the moment, people are going stir crazy in small quarters, but are they still looking forward to when this is all over and they can head to SeaWorld on their summer holidays? That's a little bit ironic and hypocritical because that freedom is denied to those animals constantly. So we're definitely um, talk when we say veganism, we mean looking at all of those, you know, systems. Um, and it's interesting that you say about government regulations because everybody tends to wait for governments to do things. You know, well, the government hasn't stopped coal, and the government, you know, hasn't hasn't told us we need to go vegan. Um, and you know. Well, the government hasn't banned smoking or whatever it is. It doesn't mean that as an individual, people shouldn't be taking those steps within their own life, you know, not waiting for it to be law, not waiting for, you know, we have things very akin to wet markets here. We have seafood markets where live and dead animals are sold and, you know, animals are beheaded and, you know, fluids are everywhere. People will still frequent them and line up outside at, you know, Easter and Christmas and then tut about wet markets. So it's each individual really needs to take control of what they do and how they contribute to the problems that we're talking about. So for our listeners at home, what would be your suggestion towards making change now in their everyday life that you think would have a long-lasting effect for a more sustainable future between man and animal? Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, I mean, the, the most simple and the single most effective thing you can do to tackle a whole lot of our issues from sustainability through to the future risk of pandemics, um, through to animal cruelty, to loss of biodiversity, to ocean dead zones is by going vegan. And it's a really simple personal choice you can take on. It simply means that you have to live live by the values that most people already have. Most people already have a value of justice and they already have a a value around you know not bullying someone and not taking advantage of someone 
you know, if you spoke to a majority of people, they wouldn't say, yeah, let's bring back slavery. I could really use a slave. Most people would be against it. So they just need to take that value that they already hold and think how they can apply it to their life in their everyday situation. How can you live that value in all ways? And you, you know, can stop and go, well, this you know, leg of lamb is somebody's leg and he was bred for me to eat this, which is exploitation and it's wrong and you leave it on, you know, on the shelf and walk away from it. And you can say, well, this wool jacket was, you know, the result of someone being exploited for their fleece and I'm not going to do that. And the, you can check for cruelty-free labels in your makeup like you mentioned before. And just it, it doesn't have to be complicated. If you have one core value that you don't exploit animals it will extrapolate out into all of your your actions naturally so it's actually a really simple choice you can make and now when you're stuck at home looking for things to do there's no better time to sort of do that self-reflection and also get educated you know you might not realize what um you know dog breeding or greyhound racing has to do with veganism but um, it's got a lot. <laughs> so it's a good time to sort of start making that connection and start, you know, addressing what values you have and where your moral compass is pointing you. If you wouldn't want it done to the dog you share your home with, then, you know, don't pay for someone to do it to any other animal. It's pretty basic. At Unreal Fur, I have been preaching for years about the faux-volution, uh-huh. you know, the re- the revolution. It's time to make big revolution in the way that we work with fashion but in some Mm -hmm. way what we're entering now is this unique empathetic revolution towards animals um, which is so exciting and may change all different future industries whether it be fashion zoos farming um, even just conservation where are you most excited to see change moving forward I think it really is piquing people's interest in what would the world look like without animal use. Um, You know, we understand that animal agriculture is, you know, we're starting to understand that animal agriculture is a breeding ground, just like we've started to come to understand that animal agriculture is um, a cause of global, you know, destruction, warming and all those sorts of things. We're starting to realise that it's also quite risky from a health and biosecurity system. So I think just that questioning of its necessity in our lives and whether it's doing more harm than good, it certainly does. But I also think that I'm excited about the fact that we're having conversations about speciesism, finally. Speciesism is is such a, a powerful um, pin, linchpin in this whole thing because people can, you know, very much denounce the treatment of a dog, a bad, poor treatment of a dog because they, you know, think of those animals in a certain way but then they will say, oh, I'll never understand vegans. It's like, well, yes, you do. You do understand us. If you take a minute to think of it, you understand that we feel the way you feel about a dog, about every animal. And that makes it pretty yep. simple to understand. So I think that the speciesism um, discussion is one that we've always avoided. We've always managed as a as a race, as a, as a species. Humans have always had a human supremacy sort of lens over everything we do. And that gives us the opportunity to go, well, these animals are majestic and these animals are domestic and everyone else in the middle is usable. And it's really dangerous and it makes it makes our relationships with animals terrible. And so I think what we're seeing now is even in the most wrong conversations when people are saying, oh, my God, can you believe that in China they've got peacocks and, you know, uh, 
pangolins and bats up for human consumption. And you can kind of go, well, hang on, we have turkeys and turkeys and peacocks really aren't different. Your mindset around them is different, <laughs> you know. And so it's a really good, I'm most excited about the fact that we're now having those tough conversations. You know, I saw a thing where someone was saying they eat wildlife. And it's like um, Australia, you think about the things that Australia is really well known for, like our lifestyle around fishing. Okay, they're wildlife. Um, you know, we have duck hunting season. We have a huge kangaroo meat trade. All of those animals are wildlife. So it's sort of, I think it's pulling apart people's hypocrisy and making people have to face up to the fact that we have a, yeah, but they eat dogs. It's like, well, we eat pigs. Let's talk about that because pigs are intelligent and pigs feel and pigs have families and pigs communicate, you know, and why aren't you looking at what's on your plate and deciding that you're not going to be a part of that. And that's what I think is really exciting is that we can start talking about that with a reference point that's common to everybody. Everybody's feeling the same way. Everybody's experiencing the same thing. Everybody never wants to go through this again. So it's a good opportunity. It is a very good opportunity and probably one of the first and only global opportunities we've had as an entire nation to unify as one to make dramatic change for the future of the world, the future generations, the future relationship between man and animals. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for every single person who's listening to this today to question how you can take some of these practices into your everyday life because it takes every individual person to start making a change, whether it be not buying your leather jacket or not buying your leather purse or mm. reducing the amount of meat you're eating. We're all in this together. And the more that people are aware of the impact of their individual change on the planet, the easier it will be to make some big impactful revolution in the way that we are on this planet. Mm -hmm. And with we're being tested like we've never been tested before. You know, we're experiencing now this quarantine, this lockdown, and most people are getting through it by reminding themselves that they're taking personal responsibility to stay home for the benefit of people who may be more vulnerable to health concerns than they are. So now we can point at that and go, well, see, you can make a change to your life that you realise has a ripple effect and you can do things differently if need be. And if, you know, the world is at stake, you're capable of stepping up and going, you know what, I'll make a change. So why not apply that strength you've now learned to have and that you've suddenly found in yourself next time you're at the shops to give a vegan burger a try instead of a meat burger and move into a new space where you're doing just a little bit that has a ripple effect. It, it's, it's pretty simple to... It's more simple now than ever to communicate with people about the whys. I think that people like to think there's an us versus them between vegans and non-vegans, but I like to think of non-vegans as pre-vegans because I feel like with a little bit of education and a little bit of understanding and a little bit of moral soul searching where you sort of think, why do I X, Y, Z? I mean, how often do we sit and go, why do I do something? We just defend the fact that we do. We don't question why we do. Um, now we've got all the time in the world to ask why. Let's do it. 
Let's do it. Let's unite <laughs> and let's raise awareness. We are with you on this fight um, for awareness for animal cruelty across the globe, as you say, in veganism, and more importantly, raising the awareness of these pathogens that not only animals transmit to humans, but humans transmit pandemic-causing pathogen-causing pandemics as well, um, which we didn't really get a chance to touch base on today. But there are huge amounts of viruses that we too pass on to animals. So this is a ripple effect, as you said, and it's time for us to really reflect on what we can do as individuals, as communities, um, as nations, as in one global nation to make a more sustainable future for ourselves, for our families, for our children, and most importantly, for all the other species of animals that share this planet with us. Uh -huh. We are not better than them. So I really thank you so much for your time today and sharing with us all this information. I hope that if this can change one person's or spark some food for thought or creativity in the way that you can make change in your life, um, then you can then intel pass that on to others. So mm -hmm. thank you, Emily, so much for your time. All right. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for fighting the good fight. We can do it together. <laughs> I really appreciate it. And if anyone would like more information about PEDAL, jump onto their website um, and you've got access to all different information and campaigns that they do to raise awareness towards uh, the sustainable future between man and animals. Yeah, grab a grab a vegan starter kit at peter.org.au and you can spend this time in lockdown changing your life and changing the world. Mm -hmm.